In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. For the one and only, Ian Wright. Nobody loves scoring more than this man, Ian Wright. Put your testicles in the sea gap. And no one worked harder than Ian Wright. But then again, it's not often you have to compete with the likes of Ian Wright. It's Wright's territory. He is the governor in these parts. This is Ian Wright, and you can guess the rest. Well, hello, NFL fans. As you can tell, no Paul, no Jack, just me on the podcast today. So one thing I wanted to do in the offseason, you know, sometimes we get a little bit distracted with what our team's doing and are not able to pay attention to what's going on across the league, what's going on with other teams in our division, you know, what are the Eagles doing? What are the Giants doing? So I wanted to take some time, go through the teams division by division, kind of giving the idea of who's doing what, where teams are looking to address weaknesses in free agency, in draft, you know, what you can expect them to look at, you know, here in the NFL draft less than one week away. So I thought no better place to start than the absolute crazy offseason whirlwind division, the NFC East. You know, you've got four teams that are just perennial powerhouses, you know, historically in the NFL, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, the Redskins, all these just historic franchises. And last year, it was just an absolute shin-kicking contest all the way to the finish. Uh, the Eagles end up winning the division, but it was they were the only team who didn't fire their coach. It's quite crazy. So, you know, let's start down in the big D, the Dallas Cowboys, who it was a very unique season because there's just always talk around the Cowboys. What are they doing? You know, the America's team, so to say. So the Cowboys finished last year, eight and eight. You know, they missed the playoffs. And as we know, Dallas has a very high bar. You know, one thing they want to make sure they do is that it's playoffs or bust. So they've seen enough of Jason Garrett. They said, Jason, see you later. So long. They fired Jason Garrett and say, okay, you know what? It's time to move on. They bring in Mike McCarthy, who, Obviously, you know, was with the Packers for years, was fired. There's always kind of been this cloud of uncertainty with the Cowboys because now you've got the Dak contract. Could they bring back Amari Cooper? You know, what was going to happen? So Mike McCarthy comes in. He takes over, you know, an offense who honestly I think was the sixth highest scoring offense in the league last year, you know, with their defense right around, I think, 11th in points allowed. So you have a, a team who has a ton of raw talent. They have a dominant offensive line. And now, you know, they look to have um, a complimentary game in special teams because they did finish last in the league last year on special teams, according to the PFF rankings. So pretty crazy thing there. You know, they've been juggling the salary cap. So, like, what are they going to do? And it led them to bring a couple of their big names back. They were able to figure out what to do with Amari Cooper. You know, they were able to kind of uh, shore up Maybe is a the strong word that weak side linebacker with Sean Lee, who has been a good player for them over the years, but just can't seem to stay healthy. And then out of nowhere, Travis Frederick retires. So they kind of rush. They bring back Joe Looney to kind of solidify at least somebody that understands what's going on in Dallas in that center position. So the Cowboys are in the situation now where they're paying Dak, they're paying Amari, 
you know, and they franchise tag uh, Dak Prescott. So you're talking about a big amount of money there. You know, they've got Zeke, they've got Demarcus Lawrence and Jalen Smith. Unfortunately, that suffers cap casualties. So you've seen guys like Byron Jones. You saw guys like Cam Fleming, Jason Witten, Jeff Heath, Malik Collins, Randall Cobb, Robert Quinn, you know, Xavier Suofilo. All these guys found new homes because the Cowboys really just didn't have the money to pay all these guys. You know, they've got $10 million left in salary cap space. They were able to bring in a couple of veterans on the defensive line in Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. Um, you know, they needed a little bit of help in their free safety position. So they go out, they go out and get former first round pick, haha Clinton Dix. You know, special teams, like I said, last in the league. So Greg the Leg Zerline from the Rams is going to come on over to Dallas and you know try to boot 60 yarders in a dome. So I think that's going to be a good fit. I think that definitely helps out the Cowboys. Um, John Fossil is a you know, well-known special teams coach, so I have no doubt that he'll be able to get that kind of turned around. Uh, they also brought in a blocking tight end, Blake Bell, and then Mo Kennedy, who's a corner from, uh, from the Jets, came over. So, you know, a lot's going on in Big D. Players coming in, players going out. You know, it's just one of those things where, unfortunately, when you're paying that much money to a few people, um, you got to have some cap casualties in. You know, that's kind of what the, the Cowboys were doing. So, you know, this year coming up in the draft, they hold the 17th pick. So they've got needs all over the board. I mean, they need a corner. Uh, they need an edge rusher. They need a wide receiver. Um, you know, they do have Sean Lee and, you know, Chris Covington sitting there on that outside linebacker. You, you could definitely use a weak side linebacker because, you know, you're talking about Sean Lee, who I don't think has played a full season in several years. Um, they also need to fill, you know, Travis Frederick's position. Unfortunately, you know, injuries has caused him to retire. Um, you know, and they could also use some tight end depth because right now, you know, with Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz and Blake Bell, um, you're not exactly looking at a, a dynamic tight end core for Dak Prescott. So they're going to hold seven picks in the draft this year. Um, they don't have a six, but they do have two fifths. So pretty standard uh, slate of picks for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are in that unique position where with the 17th pick, they're going to miss out on that first run of wide receivers, which we you know, anticipate is going to take place somewhere between the 10 and 15 slot. So with them sitting there at 17, you know, they could look to take the second best pass rusher, you know, whether they think it's Caleb on chasing, whether they want to go with a high upside guy like Eater Gross Matos. I can't see them going with Epenza from, uh, from Iowa it's a little high for him, um, but they can also look to go corner. And that's kind of where I think they may lean. The corners are going to kind of come off the board there between, I would say, 15 and 25. Um, so you're looking at a pretty good slot of corners. They're obviously probably going to miss out on Akuda. There's been a lot of talk about uh, C.J. Henderson and where he's going to go, but you could see a guy like Trevon Diggs, you know, A.J. Terrell, Christian Fulton. You know, you're going to have whoever they slate as being a top three cornerback likely still on the board there at 17. So I think the Cowboys, you know, are in a pretty good position uh, to fill a pretty big area of need because they've got a lot of them and they don't have a lot of money to spend. So hopefully they can get everything figured out with Dak Prescott and and move right along. So. There's where the Cowboys have done um, their division counterpart, the Eagles. You know, the Eagles did win the division last year. They were nine and seven. Um, they lost in the wild card game, pretty boring game to the Seahawks. And, you know, Russ was able to grind them out and take, you know, take that one, take that win. Offensively and defensively, they're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, their defense really kind of had a rough year at start. It kind of leveled out towards the end. 
Um, they finished right in the middle of the pack, like I said, with points scored, points allowed. The Eagles on paper have a lot of talent. And I think last year, even at nine and seven, they were, you know, they underperformed a little bit. And I think people in Philly had a little bit higher of an expectation, you know, coming off that Super Bowl there uh, a couple of years ago. So they went out, they said, you know what, our secondary needs some playmakers. They call up the Detroit Lions and say, hey, give me your boy, big play Slay, Darius Slay. So they, you know, throw some draft picks that way. They give him a big deal. So they go out and pick up Darius Slay. And then they say, you know what? We really have to remake the secondary. So they go out and they pick up Mikel Roby Coleman. They pick up um, Will Parks, the safety. You know, they keep Rodney McLeod. Um, they keep Jalen Mills. So they want to kind of make sure that they address areas in need in that secondary. Because outside of that, Sidney Jones has not really been what they were kind of hoping that he would be. And Avante Maddox and Rasul Douglas, yeah, they struggled last year. So, you know, outside of Fletcher Cox, they're really looking for a big playmaker. They go over to Pittsburgh and they say, hey, Javon Hargrave, why don't you come in here and anchor down the middle of our line? You know, so now you're looking at a pretty formidable front four with Derek Barnett, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. Um, their middle linebacker, TJ Edwards, played pretty well last year. Um, so that'll be at least an improvement there on their defense. You know, unfortunately, they do have to get rid of some players. So, you know, Ohio State's Malcolm Jenkins is on his way out, Ronald Darby. Uh, I'm sure Philly fans will not be all that upset that Nelson can't catch anything. Aguilar uh, moved on, so he's out. They lost Timmy Jernigan. They lost Jordan Howard. Uh, their big man, you know, Halapuli Vitae is headed to Detroit, so they're going to have, you know, to figure out who's going to play on that left tackle. Last year they took Andre Dillard, so we'll see. Is he going to be able to step in? Kind of struggled playing a little bit last year, but, you know, that's to be expected with a rookie tackle. So they also lost um, Cameron Grusher hill and Darren Sproles is retiring. So they've got $27 million of cap space. You know, Doug Peterson's in his fifth year with them. I think that he has a pretty good grasp. You know, he's kind of letting the offense run through Carson Wentz. If he can stay healthy, you know, their offensive line is one of the best in football. I mean, they've got, I think, one of the top right tackles in Lane Johnson. You know, Brandon Brooks is an absolute stud at guard. Uh, Jason Kelsey, one of the top centers in the league. So that right side of the line to complement with guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Geider, that, that is some serious weapons for them. Now, when you get to the outside, well, it gets a little bit kind of dicey because you have Alshon Jeffrey, who has one of these weird contracts, but it looks like they're going to keep him around. And then you're not 100% sure what you're going to get out of Deshaun Jackson because it's tough for him to stay healthy. You know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was a guy they picked up out of Stanford a couple years ago. He hasn't really panned out. You know, they got the kid Deontay Burnett from USC. We'll see what he can become. But other than that, I mean, they got Greg Ward, you know, who's their little slot former quarterback guy there. Um, they got a need in wide receiver. And that kind of leads us right into the, uh, the Eagles and where they're at with the draft. They've got eight picks this year, and three of them are in the fourth round. So it really gives them a chance to add some early day three talent you know, they've got a big need at wide receiver, I think. Um, offensive tackle, they're going to have to maybe bring another guy in. They did use a first-round pick on Andre Dillard, but, you know, they probably might want to get a third guy because as of right now, outside of Lane Johnson, the big guy they got, the Project Jordan Mulata, yeah, he's developing, but I don't think he'd be ready to step in right away. Um, they're going to need another linebacker. Um, right now on that Sam side, they've got Nathan Gary and Alex Singleton. Neither of those guys are really, you know, making much of an impact. So they do have a need there at linebacker and just corner safe, corner and safeties. 
I just don't think you could go wrong with the Eagles taking somebody else to add some depth there. They've got the 21st pick in the draft, which kind of leads them right into that, that maybe the second tier of wide receivers, because obviously you're going to have that run from say 11 to you know 10 to 15 with the big guys, Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb. And then you're going to kind of fall maybe into that second wave of wide receivers. You're going to start looking at, you know, the T Higgins is the Justin Jefferson's Brandon IU Jalen Ragers. You're going to have guys like that. If they really want to add some speed, um, they could of course also go with an offensive tackle. You know, you're going to have guys like Ezra Cleveland. You're going to have guys like Austin Jackson, you know, maybe bring in somebody like him. Who's very athletic, give them time to develop. You do, wouldn't have to force them into a starting roll right away so that you know that could be definitely somewhere they look and then like I said secondary there's going to be that wave of corners just like Dallas you know the CJ Henderson's the Christian Fulton's one of those guys is going to fall into that early 20s you know Las Vegas is, has a need for corner they're sitting a couple picks ahead of them Miami um, Atlanta and Dallas like I said if they go corner or pass rusher that could cause uh, you know some really good corners to fall to the Eagles but ultimately I think they're going to go wide receiver here. Um, I think a guy like Justin Jefferson would be a good fit there. They need a, a sure-handed, you know, steady Eddie type of receiver. So, you know, the Eagles have a lot of needs to fill, and I think that would fill one because, you know, they've had a lot of, you know, a lot of activity in the offseason. You know, third in the division, you got the New York Giants. I mean, the New York Giants have completely remade a franchise. I mean, you know, they've had so much consistency at the quarterback position with Eli Manning, you know, and he's gone. So they're coming off a four and 12 season where they now turn the keys to the, you know, to the franchise over to Danny Dimes, you know, Daniel Jones. And they looked and said, Pat Shermer's not our guy. So, you know, the second coach in the division to be fired, Pat Shermer's fired. They go out and get Joe Judge, you know, the former special teams coach of the Patriots. And they say, hey, you know, apologies, but we dealt uh, Odell last year. You know, here's Danny Dimes. You know, they could have had Sam Darnold. Instead, they took Saquon Barkley. You know, so in New York, you're always going to look across the way to the Jets and say, that could be our quarterback. You know, they decided to go with um, Saquon Barkley. So this team last year was defensively just pretty bad. I mean, they were third to last in points uh, allowed. You know, they, they were right there at about middle of the pack for points scored, but, you know, there really wasn't a lot going on and they needed some serious help on defense. So they went ahead and said, you know, we're just going to completely remake the roster. They needed to free up a lot of cap space. So they were able to do that. You know, I think right now the giants are up to, uh, Let's see, 17 million in cap space. So that's good for them. They're able to at least, you know, have a little bit of flexibility. Now, one of the reasons they need flexibility is they do have 10 draft picks. But in the offseason, they went ahead and added Cam Fleming. They stole him from the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They went ahead and poached Colt McCoy from the, uh, the Washington Redskins. They went and got Nate Ebner, who, you know, a lot of people don't really know who Nate Ebner is, but Ebner was a special teams maven for Joe Judge in New England. So no, no shock that he, uh, he's going to follow Joe Judge out to the Giants. Um, I think he's really going to lock down that special teams unit. Uh, James Bradbury is a corner they went out and got from Carolina, and then they decided they were just going to poach a couple of linebackers from the Packers. They took outside linebacker Kyler Fackrell and then also inside linebacker Blake Martinez just trying to remake a roster that just had so many holes. So you're looking at, you know, pretty much replacing the middle of that defense for the Giants. They went out and spent some big money on Bradbury. So they're probably hopeful that he's going to be able to hold that, you know, that boundary corner up, but it'll definitely be something to see. Luckily for them, when you're not really a good team, you don't have a lot of players that 
get taken from you. So, you know, they lost Mike Remmers, the right tackle, and Cody Latimer, the wide receiver. Outside of that, they didn't really lose all that much. So uh, the Giants, like I said, they have 10 picks in the draft. They've got four seventh-round picks, so the number's a little bit misleading, and they have some serious needs. You know, they're sitting there at that number four pick. You know, they need an edge. They need an offensive tackle. They need a corner. You know, they need a wide receiver, a center, a safety. I mean, they've got needs kind of all over the board. And they've got a GM in Dave Gettleman who I believe with 41 picks in the first round has never traded back. This is a guy who just sticks where he is and says, this is who I'm taking. Well, of course, this year, everybody and their mother wants to trade out of the top 10 or the top five, I should say. I would be shocked beyond belief if Chase Young is sitting there at four. I just, there's probably, you know, less of a percentage chance of that happening than anything. I think he's almost guaranteed lock, you know, bet your house, your mortgage, everything that he'll be top three. So now you have to start looking at, you know, what are the Giants going to do? You know, are they going to stay there at four or is Gettleman going to make his first trade, you know, in the first round that he's ever made? Because, you know, they have a need for offensive tackle. They likely, I mean, I can't see the Lions um, or the Redskins going offensive tackle at number two. You know, so they're going to have their pick of the Tristan Wirfs, you know, the Andrew Thomas, the Mekhi Becton. Um, you know, they'll have their choice of whoever they want off on the offensive line. They could also take the first wide receiver. I mean, they do not really have anybody that's going to be a weapon for Daniel Jones. I mean, they've got Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. Both of those guys are undersized. Uh, Darius Slayton showed a little bit of promise last year, but, you know, definitely can't be counted on as a reliable uh, wide receiver. Um, you know, they, they do have a big need on offensive line. I mean, Kevin Zeitler is their most steady Eddie offensive lineman. He's sitting there at the right guard position. They brought in Cam Fleming. I could see him going to right tackle because Nate Sodder is just making so much money over there on the left side. It's just one of those ones where do they want to look to go with that wide receiver that early with the depth that that has? Probably not. And then also you could see maybe they go Jeff Okuda. Maybe they say, you know what? We've uh, the opposite of James Bradbury. They have former first round pick DeAndre Baker. He struggled mightily last year. And outside of that, I mean, Sam Beal and Corey Ballantyne, they don't have a lot of talent at corner. So, you know, Bradbury's, they paid big money too. So would they want to give somebody like Jeffrey Okuda, maybe a CJ Anderson? Maybe that's everybody's talking about him getting taken a lot higher. Maybe it's Gettleman that really likes him. So it's definitely a possibility for the New York Giants. Finally, we have the Washington Redskins who, you know, amazingly third team in the division to fire their coach. You know, they fired Jay Gruden um, coming off a three and 13 season. It's just, they have the lowest points scored. They're 27th in points allowed last year. They fire their coach. They fire the GM, Bruce Allen. Dwayne Haskins will now be going on to his second full-time coach at an interim coach in, in two years. It's just one of those systems where it's like they needed some consistency for Dwayne. They did not get him consistency, but they do go out. They acted quick. They bring in Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. You know, he builds a staff with Scott Turner, with Jack Del Rio. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty formidable coaching staff. And the one thing I can see Jack Del Rio, who's kind of a multifaceted defensive coach, you know, I think he's probably going to go to a 4-3 base, especially – um, if they do end up, like I said, they have the second pick in the draft. So if they do end up with Chase Young, you know, I could definitely see them going to a 4-3 more base. The only thing is, is they have a lot of capital invested in their front four. You know, they've got Montez Sweat, Ryan Anderson, you know, Matt Ioannidis, 
Jonathan Allen. I mean, there's a lot of first and second round picks there. Then you've got Deron Payne and Ryan Kerrigan, also, you know, very high draft capital picks. So the question is, is Kerrigan, who's played most of his career as an outside linebacker in a 3-4, could you possibly see him being traded? On the defensive side of the ball, you're talking about them bringing in a ton of free agents. They had Ronald Darby from Philly at corner. They bring back Kendall Fuller, the slot corner from the Chiefs. They go out and get Sean Davis, the free safety from the Steelers. They go out and get Kevin Pierre-Lewis, the weak side linebacker from the Bears. They go out and get Thomas Davis, the middle linebacker, formerly Carolina, and they went out and played with the Chargers. So you're talking about five guys that could be starting on defense for the Redskins who were not there last year. You do not see that very often, but my guess is Jack Del Rio targeted a few of these guys and said, you know what? I want to go out and get him. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, they brought in Cornelius Lucas from the Bears. Morgan Moses, their right tackle. Both of those guys are question mark. Lucas played pretty well with the Bears last year. You know, can he continue on that? They went out and got Wes Schweitzer, the guard. Uh, Brandon Scherf's their stud right guard. You know, he'll be back. They go out and get Logan Thomas, a free agent tight end. They go out and get Cody Latimer. They steal him, you know, from their division rivals. The Giants, they go out and get Kyle Allen, who's the starting quarterback for Rivera and Carolina to back up Dwayne Haskins. And then ironically enough, they add Peyton Barber to a running back room that already has Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson. So you got the old, you got the hurt, and now you're bringing in Peyton Barber. But, you know, that offense, they do have the potential to turn some things around. You know, Terry McLaurin, the rookie out of Ohio State, really played really well. I think he had the highest graded rookie season, you know, from a PFF standpoint of all rookies. They've got this cloud that is Trent Williams, you know, hovering over the, uh, the franchise. He doesn't want to play with them. They don't have enough value to trade him. So, you know, the Redskins are sitting there at that number two pick. I would be shocked if I don't know, it's one of those ones where you could feasibly see them trading back. They only have seven picks, one on day one, one on day two, and then five on day three. So realistically, you're only talking about two guys out of the first 100 picks for a team that needs help. So could they, in essence, call Miami and say, hey, we'll give you this two pick, whether you like Herbert or Tua, you know, are you going to give up uh, or give up the opportunity to draft Chase Young, the local kid? He's from DeMatha. Yes, but you do have a lot of capital up there. So it is a possibility, you know, especially with all the needs that they have. I mean, my, uh, Washington – they need a corner. They need an end, you know, which could be Chase Young, obviously. They need a wide out to go opposite of Terry McLaurin. They need another offensive tackle. So, you know, if they trade back, say, to, you know, five with Miami, you could see them going with a nice offensive tackle. That's kind of that sweet spot for a starting tackle. You know, they need a tight end. You know, quarterback is one of those ones that's kind of a wild card. How sold is Ron Rivera on Dwayne Haskins? That's really the question. So the Redskins got about as many moving pieces as you could possibly have for one single franchise cap wise, they have enough money there. You know, they're a little over 23 million in cap space, which is good for them. They're able to kind of move around and make moves. I could see them being involved in some draft day trades, you know, moving a guy like Ryan Kerrigan, you know, to a team who needs kind of that veteran offensive uh, or that veteran outside linebacker. I'm not sure how much Jack Del Rio is going to utilize that, you know, that three, four base that they had before. But they've got a lot of needs. And, you know, the problem is, is when you have a lot of needs and you don't have a lot of draft picks to fill those needs, then you kind of got to make do. So if there is a guy to do it, it is Ron Rivera. The NFC East is just three new coaches. Hopefully they can kind of return to the powerhouse that they once were. 
lot of talent. You know, they just got to get some stable quarterback play. So a lot of moving assets and moving pieces in the NFC East. So that's a division that a lot of people are going to be quite interested in. You know, is it the Cowboys going to finally, you know, break through and take that? Or if the Eagles uh, can maintain their division, their division streak. But that's the NFC East. So any questions, please feel free to drop me a line.